the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome again to the Believer's Journey. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for your prayers, your support, uh, for watching this program. If you're new to this program, uh, please uh, click on subscribe and uh, make a comment. If you like it, click like. Uh, of course, if you don't like it, you don't have to click if you don't like it. But if you have questions, you know, please feel free to ask the questions. We will respond to you. Uh, today we have a pretty interesting uh, program. We're going to talk about uh, the talk of, about joy today. This we are a biblical topic on how to maintain joy in in the fullness of, of joy in life. And uh, before we get to there, we're going to talk about uh, a women's conference that we're having, or San Antonio is having in October. And um, so it's called Faith Arise, and it's a Faith Arise Women's Conference. And today I have with me for our program, her name is Janice Lugermo. Hello. <laughs> Hi there, Alan. <laughs> of course, um, I know you as Jan, and we're gonna, I'm going to call you Jan. That's right. And I'm sure the whole world knows you as Jan. They do. <laughs> Everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about this. This is interesting. Um, everybody who happens to be in the San Antonio area, this first half is especially for you. Um, and uh, if you're close by, if you can get here, this is probably a, looks like a really neat program. Um, so first off, I want to hand it over to you and so you can say a little bit about um, the Women's Conference. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. It's always, this is a new experience, but I'm glad it's with you because you're so easy to talk to. <laughs> so uh, the Fellowship of San Antonio, uh, a church here on the north side of San Antonio, uh, which I'm sure you've talked about before, uh, is having the women's conference called Faith Arise. Uh, last year was our first conference, and it was wonderful in every way. But I really think that this year, the conference is going to really be even better than it was last year. Um, <clears throat> it's two days, October 7th and 8th, Friday and Saturday. And first of all, both days will start with an opening and we will have lots of fellowship. And that's, of course, what's most important to women these days. Um, more than anything is just getting together, sharing, having fun, getting to know each other. So our, we'll have our welcome, and then we'll have um, kind of a get-to-know-you activity, which everybody always has fun at. Um, <clears throat> next is going to come our praise and worship. And <clears throat> to me, that's one of the, the biggest, most important parts for me because I enjoy singing. Um, I've been singing in choirs my, most of my adult life, and there's just something about praise and worship uh, 
that lifts your spirit and gives you joy. I know it does me, um, and just helps helps to strengthen you in your faith. So, well, in fact, if you give you a microphone, you'll step up to the front of the stage. <laughs> Well, I've been known to do that a little bit, but uh, no, it's it's a real pleasure and a joy for me to do that. Uh, and our conference um, worship leader is going to be a woman by the name of Kristen Silva. She lives here uh, in San Antonio. She is the associate worship leader at FBC of Universal City. And her husband is also a worship leader, as well as... Uh, he's a principal also with the Northeast Independent School District. Uh, they have two children, uh, I think five and eight, and she has a <clears throat> degree in music education from UTSA, um, and she also teaches private voice and piano lessons. So. If Oh. That's someone you could go to if you want some private voice lessons. <laughs> well, I know I have a piano lesson. I got a piano lesson. I bought a piano for Susan, a keyboard. Uh huh. So she could do some lessons. I know oh, that. Oh boy, that's great. <laughs> now I looked up uh, Kristen Silva because I wasn't sure who it was. And uh, however, I do know a friend of mine, John David Martinez. In uh -huh. fact, he's been on this program in the past. Um, I noticed that he cut a, a, a song with a person named Kristen Silva as the person who he did with. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if she's the same person or not. We should find that out. I know. That would be interesting, and I definitely will ask her <clears throat> when I get to meet her. So if she knows John David Martinez. Yeah. 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 That that's really that would really be cool. It really would be. So um so the speaker the speaker of the um of the conference, her name is Dr. Christina Crenshaw, and from what I understand, after reading her, um, not only her website, she has a website, mm -hmm. and it will be it is listed on our on our website, and it's uh, also you you'll be able to see it on our YouTube discussion area and so forth. She has a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. She's um, well. Let me read here. She's a, a professor. So I've I've seen that she's gone to um, Baylor University. Yes. It looks like she's taught at Baylor. It looks uh -huh. like she's taught also in some form at the Dallas Seminary, mm -hmm. Theological Seminary in, in Dallas. So it says here she's a professor, a researcher, a writer, a speaker, an associate for cultural engagement, and leadership in human trafficking fighter. Wow. So she seems like she's got a lot on her plate, and she uh, I was reading all her accolades as far as where she's been, and she's got an entire page of all the things that she where she's spoken, and exactly. she seems like a very um, sought after mm -hmm. speaker. Yes, she's she has spoken at many many conferences, women's ministries, groups, churches, and her her background and education is really extensive, and I'm really looking forward to uh, listening to her um, and learning what she has to say about our culture and how to engage Jesus into our culture. 
um, <clears throat> she d- is going to be doing three sessions during the conference, one on Friday and two on Saturday. And she will give her session, and then all of us ladies will get to break out into table groups and have a wonderful time of sharing and discussion about what she just talked about. So I'm really looking forward to learning about what she has to say. I know that part of her uh, talk, Engaging Culture for Jesus, is, is going to help us learn how to lead with a biblical perspective. Um, I know that we all have a personal worldview, but in particular, having a biblical worldview is something that's very relevant today. Um, I know that you can attest to it, and I can, and everybody else in the world can attest to how difficult the past two years have been um, because of just the unprecedented uh, challenges that we've faced because of COVID and because of the pandemic. Uh, because of that, and as a result, our world has really changed. Um, our society has changed. And even our culture has changed so drastically to what we've ever really known. And it's it's more than what we can even imagine. So I'm really looking forward to finding out what she has to say about leading in a world with a biblical perspective. Um, I know that a person who has a biblical perspective of life um, looks at life differently. We don't look at it through the world's eyes. That kind of a person who believes in in a biblical worldview would view things from God's perspective. Um, And... We just know that because of everything uh, changing so drastically in our culture and our society, we are being bombarded with a a lot of non-biblical ideas these days. And I think that for for women and for men, uh, it's something that we need to pay attention to. Uh, And I think she will have some tremendous insights into how to live our lives um, with a biblical perspective. You know, I'm just reminded of that scripture in Romans about be not conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I'm really looking forward to her perspective and helping us to learn to lead through God's perspective. You know, it's interesting because in this program um, and and from my, some of my travels uh, to Eastern Europe where I do a lot of uh, seminars and teaching and so forth, um, but a lot of the a lot of the information that comes my across my desk now with questions, um, it, it it's almost it's all it's almost heartbreaking that I, I get people who write in asking questions or making statements uh, from the Bible that are the interpretation is a worldly interpretation or worldly thought. And and the more I think about that, the more I think, well, you know, in the end days, it says that there'll be doctrines that are, you know, off 
off the charts. But it really is heartbreaking. It's, it's, it really is. It is. It's more than heartbreaking. It's just uh, um, <clears throat> totally um, amazing, the unprecedented amount of ideas that are coming out now that are totally against a biblical perspective uh, with our the way our values and things, the traditions of the past. Uh, it's, it's almost just hard to believe a little bit. Yeah. And <clears throat> well, I think that because this, this sounds really interesting. Too bad I can't identify as a woman during this weekend, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it sounds really Sorry. something to be up my up my alley that I would really like to go listen to. Them, you know? I know. <laughs> but um, I know that comment was kind of off the wall, but <laughs> you would feel a little out of place, I think. <laughs> I say some of the weirdest things, um, but. I know that um, I've had a, a few conversations lately that have come across my desk, and when I write back, uh, for example, there are people who wonder why, how can how can Jonah obviously had to have died in the whale? How can you believe that? And and I think that in the past, or maybe a lot of people answer, well, you just have to have faith. However, the world will say to you, if that's all you have to give, then obviously you're pretty, you know, ignorant or not very intelligent about your faith. Mm -hmm. And we really need to have that biblical ground teaching to be able to answer things like this. If we're going to win our world or Mm -hmm. the world cultures out there, you know, in a biblical way with a biblical view we have to understand the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more, and I've taught about this probably in the last year more than most topics, but there are more and more people that I am running across that don't engage in the Bible scriptures. Mm-hmm. They might engage in the church, and they might engage into what the pastor might have preached, and they might engage into the memes on Facebook, mm-hmm. well, that's really cute, and they'll share those things and so mm-hmm. forth and put their praise and so forth, but they're not really engaged in the actual word. Right. And and I think that it's going to be really hard for us to have a biblical foundation, mm-hmm. you know, building if, if we're not engaged in the word itself. Well, exactly. It has to be a little bit more than just knowing something. I I believe you have to really feel it. You have to um, believe it to the point that your life shows what you believe. Um, And then otherwise, if your life doesn't show what you believe, then it leads to misconception and misunderstandings. And your your witness is basically confusing. Yeah. So, um, you know, being able to just focus, do things in your life, or go to uh, events, or be with people, or Bible studies, anything that you can do to be in the presence of God yeah. uh, will help build that truth. So, Jan... At this conference, how many can attend? How what? What what is what is the the amount of people that can go? Where can they go? How many can come? Oh, as many 
as we can pack into the so into the church. Two thousand, five thousand, one thousand. Oh gosh, I can't even put a number on it. But whomever uh, whoever registers, we will have a place for them. Okay. And uh, it will be that will be wonderful if we can get even more than what we expected from last year. Okay. So this is happening at the Fellowship of San Antonio. This is in the Stone Oak area in San Antonio. Um, and uh, basically, I, th- I think I'll have the, the, not only the, um, the link that somebody can go to to register, but on my uh, YouTube as well in the description area should have the address um, for this as well. The date and time is going to be October 7th and 8th on the 7th, which will be a Friday, correct? Mm-hmm, correct. Okay. Well, it'll start at 6.30 in the evening and mm-hmm. go till 9, okay? And then we, uh, we go again on Saturday, and it starts at 8.30 in the morning and mm-hmm. goes until 2 in the afternoon. That's correct. Okay. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are also going to have a hospitality bar with refreshments and lots of snacks and uh, a, a lunch on Saturday for everybody who registers and... Um, Again, it's just going to be a, a, a great time together, sharing God's Word, building our faith, encouraging one another, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's great. So last year, what was your topic last year? Do you remember? Let's see. The topic. I knew you'd probably ask that, and I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't remember offhand, but it was, it was really wonderful in every way. The music and the uh, the speaking and the, the the table groups and the sharing that we had was amazing. Um, uh, when you met somebody at your table, I mean, you immediately had a bond with that person. So when you ran into them the next week, you would you would feel like you knew them. So That's great. it's a great way. This is great. I know that, um, uh, and I have no idea if my wife Susan is has registered yet or not i'm sure she's planning on it i hope so (laughs) So, and she's one of these people that that loves the social scene and loves to talk oh i love susan she She is a jewel yeah she's so funny i'll be outside waiting where's susan well she's probably talking to somebody (laughs) you know (laughs) she's wonderful at that (laughs) i had her the first time i had her on this program and i asked a question and so what do you think oh it's fine and, and she did it again. And so I had like four people call me or write me, what happened to Susan? Because she talks and talks and talks. And she's, oh, it's fine. And I was like, I have no idea. Because <laughs> she is a social butterfly. Yes. Oh, she is. She's so cute. And uh, we always, her and I sing together and we have so much fun. Um, she's just a delight. Yeah. To be with. Well, the funniest thing is she sings in the choir, and she'll talk about somebody singing in the choir, and she'll give a name, you know, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, she was on my left. Okay. <laughs> or she might say, oh, there's a girl that came, and I don't have any idea, and she'll name the person's name. Well, she, remember, she sang in, in the choir in CBC. There were 350 people in this choir. That's I'm not right. going to remember. If That's <laughs> going to be a little hard to pick out. But I she know. does this to me. I'm like, I can't remember. And I was in the tenor section here in the alto. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I know that choir was so big that uh, if you were on one side, 
it was really a, a chore to learn and meet all the people on the other side. So, <clears throat> but that's that's the great thing about being in a choir. Oh, it's so funny. I told I used to tell Susan, I think the sopranos are more spiritual than the altos. <laughs> and she says, well, what do you mean? Well, they're always raising their hand. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> that's great, Alan. You were so funny. Oh, okay. So I I highly recommend if if you're a oh, female. Oh, by the way, is there an age limit on this? No age limit. I'd say any any woman, um, adult woman that would love to come. Like eighteen or oh, I would imagine or, yes. Okay. Oh yes. I I really highly recommend mm-hmm. any anybody if you can find the time or you can schedule a time. Or make your husband cook Friday night. You know, I think you should you should sign up and go to this conference. Uh, it's, it sounds like after I've read more and more and more of the people that are doing this, the items and the areas mm-hmm. that they're talking about, this is probably a go-to thing, you know. Oh, I, I definitely know it will be. And I really appreciate you promoting this because it, it, it's a great opportunity for women to come together uh, increase our our faith and share with one another, and I just yeah. it's going to be really exciting. And I'm assuming I have to make the statement: you don't have to be a part of this particular church to attend this. No, you do not. You do not. Okay. You can come. Anyone can come. It's it's community wide. Okay. Uh, San Antonio. So we and they're not going to force you to anybody. try to become a member. Correct? Oh no, there's no pressure, no forcing anybody to do anything. And uh, I just, you know, I, I, the only reason I bring that up is because I remember there were times when I've known of conferences, both men or women, at different churches, and there were people who says, "Well, I don't belong to that church," mm-hmm. and. And I just want to make sure this is clear that anybody can attend. It doesn't matter what church you go to or what area of town you live in. Excellent. You can live it. You can even live in New Braunfels and come. You know, another town. Oh, absolutely! So. And if you have a friend in another uh, community, uh, invite that friend or multiple friends. Just anybody that you would like to invite is welcome. So what's the cost? Is it like $100? No, it's $30. $30. Yes, and it's well worth the cost because of what we're going to be receiving. And again, a full lunch and lots of snacks. And um, so it's certainly just just the time well spent. So all you have to do is um, you can see the uh, on our website. You can go to uh, thebelieversjourney.net and you can go right to our guest page. And the very first one there uh, where you have uh, Faith Arise, um, you'll see the little, lo- the little logo there on the right. Click on it and it'll take you to a registration page. If you need to ask more questions, there is a, a name there. Her name is Kathy Joe. You click on it, you write her an email if you have questions, and she'll get back to you. Uh, if you want to just go ahead and register, just click on registration, and you can go right ahead and register through there. I went through the whole process and just didn't register. It was very quick. They wouldn't let me. Oh, they wouldn't let you? Oh, yeah, okay. I can't identify. <laughs> <laughs> And if, uh, if, if, if you're on YouTube, you can go right to our, the page on YouTube underneath the title where it says description. And right below there, there will be a link as well. You can click on that and go right to there. I know that I'm 
designating this to the San Antonio area, this program, but I think this is important. And um, so I think I think you'll enjoy this. I think everybody will enjoy this. And um, oh, I know they will. So I, I'm very happy and 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 uh, to go ahead and promote this. This is really good. Uh, sounds wow. like your speaker is good. If your worship leader is a person, I think is I I, I can I'm sure my real good friend mm -hmm. David, David Martinez would. Would give her a thumbs up. So. Oh, I'm sure, and sh I'm sure that she's very well known out there, and um, just I'm sure it's going to be beautiful uh, in every way. Okay. Yeah. And the church to get there is not hard. It's right off of uh, 281 in the Stone Oak area. Above that, off Wilderness Oak, it's really easy to get to. Um, and I imagine they're having it in the sanctuary, which is a pretty good sized sanctuary. Yes, it is. And um, so, yeah, take a look at it and pray about it. If you don't need to pray about it, go ahead and click to get there, and mm -hmm. and I think it'll be it'll be worth your while. Um, at least look at it. If you've got you need a friend to go with, ask somebody. If you have uh, a mother or a daughter you want to take with you, mm -hmm. that'd be really good. Right. Yeah. And you've made it so easy through your programming and all of your uh, social media contacts to make this happen. And I really appreciate it. Um, people who do go to the church there or if they stop by on a Saturday or a Sunday, they can actually sign up directly right there in the lobby um, if they want to pay cash or check, whatever. Um, so we're trying to make it easy for everybody to sign up. Well, that, that makes it really nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on. Um, and we're going to talk about our Bible discussion now. And we're going to talk about maintaining the fullness of joy. Mm. Okay. Um, this is your little topic here. And I really, actually, I think it's a topic worth um, discussing and really sharing because you mentioned earlier about the world is changing and the, the culture is changing and th things like this. And I do know there are a lot of people with new fears. There are a lot of people with additional fears. Uh, like I said, it's redundant, isn't it? Um, but I, I think that somehow I believe we've lost touch with Scripture on what things like joy really is. Where does it come from? How do we tap into it? Where, where do we do with it? Where do we, how do we get it, mm -hmm. you know? And um, so I want to I say this before we get our discussion. I want to say, to me, joy, okay, first off, joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit, mm -hmm. okay? So if you look in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, or 22 and 23, you'll see the fruit of the Spirit. And the second one there is joy. Mm -hmm. So I teach that the fruit of the Spirit is actually a characteristic of God, and because it's a characteristic of, of God, a fruit of the Spirit, it is also a characteristic that God implanted within us to have and be uh, within our own lives. Now, a lot of this fruit of the Spirit, if we look at this, it's all kind of corrupted in our lives because we've messed up our lives through the thousands of years that mankind has been around. Right. But there's a lot of scripture in, in the Bible that talks about joy and the different things about joy that I think are really good. So... 
to me, uh, the joy of the Lord, okay, is, is what I'm looking at. So I wrote down here something. The joy of the Lord is the gladness of heart, or it's that thing within your being, okay, uh, which comes from knowing God mm-hmm. and abiding in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really important. And I actually have scriptures to back that up. So it's not just something I want to say. Uh, but joy is the inner attribute that expresses God's goodness. Oh, it really is. Uh, again, one of the fruits of the Spirit. Um, those are the things that we all desire to have. But it can only come when you know Jesus, when right. you have a, a personal relationship with him and have accepted his forgiveness and, and uh, understand the God's plan of salvation in your life. Um, and I think that as I was reading some of these scriptures on joy, in particular the scripture in Psalms, about how God knows um, and shows me the path of life. He shows me which way to go if I'm listening. Um, and in Him, uh, in His presence, is the fullness of joy. And at His right hand are pleasures evermore. And I was just pondering that because we can only truly find true joy by being in His presence. Um, and he, I realized that the most total fullness of joy will be found on that day that when, when we meet him face to face. But in the meantime, here on earth, we can experience joy by being in his presence. So how, how do we do that? Um, just thinking about this conference, it's a way for someone to come and be in the presence of God. We're better than a church to be in the presence of God, where you're going to hear God's truths, God's word, and be able to apply it to your life. That's one way and one area we can do that. Uh, We can experience joy in his presence by reading our Bible, uh, by also maybe going to a Bible study, Uh, Anything that we can do um, as a person to extend the meaning of of God's life uh, in our own lives, I think gives us joy. Just like when we praise and worship, I feel joy. I feel strength. I feel, um, and that's the kind of joy that he's talking about. Not that we're going to be totally happy every moment but that when we are in his presence, that's when we will find joy, no matter what is happening in your life at the time or what may or may not be happening in your life at the time. So I think it's um, um, it comes from a focus, a focus on him and having him in your life um, where we truly find joy. I don't know if you have found that to be the case. Well, I know that, um, and for me it's weird, I was was thinking about this on the way, um, because I believe that God has 
created us in his image, that joy is part of that creation within us, just like being holy or love, or patience, mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. are within us. Um, however, I'm, I think that we get mixed up today in what joy really is. A lot of people think being happy is, is be, having joy. However, uh, joy is something within our being, er, with it built within the fibers of our characteristics, our, our life, mm-hmm. our being. We're being happy is something that, you know, it, it's like a fleeting moment. It's, yes. I'm happy because somebody did something for me, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, true hap- in my, my thinking, true happiness comes because I've done something for somebody else. Mm-hmm. But that's still not joy. I think joy is something from within. I think uh, here's a scripture I want to read. It's really kind of cool. Jesus is talking about it in John chapter 15. And the verses I'm going to read are verses 9 through 11. But this whole section, chapter verses 1 all the way through, uh, it's a really neat uh Chapter chapter 15 in John is about Jesus talking about having a relationship with us. And I think that that whole chapter talks about relationship. But here, 9 through 11, here's is what Jesus says. It was, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Mm. Now, I know that there are some, there are some versions that say um, that remain in my word or, or, or so forth, but I, I think that the whole idea is to remain in Him, mm-hmm. you know, and as, as Jesus remains in, in and abides in the Father, we remain and abide in Him. Mm-hmm. His joy is made full, and ours is made full for the same reason. And it's all about abiding in Him, remaining in Him. And, and like you said, it's that relationship. Mm-hmm. We connect, and we are in His presence. That's right. And I think if we look at that, it, it's a whole different, whole different idea of what joy really is. And I think it really hits it at its core. Right. When you said, abide in me and I will abide in you, again, joy comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's what he gave to us when we accepted him and have a relationship with him. And so that's when he gives us, through the Holy Spirit, joy. Um, And again, we experience that by being in his presence and our hope is in him, not in anything that anybody else can do. But when our hope lies in him and who he is, I think that's when we have joy. It, it is a, um, a matter of an attitude, kind of an attitude of the heart, I guess, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, that it can be a, a feeling in a sense of having good pleasure in something um, or having some happiness, but it really doesn't depend on who we are. It depends on who Jesus is. Well, yes and no. I mean, yes, I mean, absolutely it depends on who he is, but it also depends on where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I kind of believe that joy is in, built in with every human being in the world. But I believe that the essence of the growth of true joy and the blossoming of joy comes from the fact that we are in him and the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, and the fact you said, and, and the hope, that's what joy gives us is hope. Yes, it does. And we were talking about earlier about the, the cultures of the world and the things of the world changing and the, the hardships going on. There has to be that hope, and it's that hope that, that I think solidifies our joy. Well, that's right. Uh, the hope. And then in, in talking about how he shows his love to us so that we in turn can show love to others, I think that um, our lives can be a lot richer if we find and take joy in people that we love and who will love us back. Well, in fact, the verses I didn't read in, in John 15 here, you go on to 12 and further, Jesus goes on to say, you need to love one another. Mm, that's <laughs> I mean, he just said, it goes right into that, my commandment to yeah. love one another. First and, commandment, right. And lay down one for each other. So, yeah, you're, you're exactly right on key there, especially right in what, what Jesus That's right. About. Even more reason to find ways... Uh, to go to a conference or to go to something that proclaims the truths of Jesus um, <clears throat> in your life. Only that's another way of just loving people and letting them love you back. Um, yeah. And in turn, you get joy. You, yeah. you feel a lot of joy. You know, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> so in the last few months, we've had a family from Moldova come stay with us. Oh. And um, Radu and Luda were the couple and they went back and they left their sons with us for a few more weeks. And okay. They just left yesterday. And it's interesting in talking to people and sharing with different people and also with the, their family. Um, I realized that uh, one of the biggest and most important things that that. Of, in my life is the fact that when I've gone over there to teach and hold seminars and preach and things like that is the fact that I've connected with people. Mm. Um, I've built relationships. And it's within that building of relationships that I think is, is foundational. Mm -hmm. um, it's one thing to go somewhere and teach and walk away. And it's another thing to go there and actually Get your feet wet. Mm -hmm. You know, just dig in and be part of that people that are there. Uh, on many occasions, when, when I'm in Moldova, I've had people come up to me from there, and they'll ask me, why do you come here? And the reason why I believe they ask that is because here I am coming from the United States of America, one of the most prominent countries in the world, going to Moldova, the poorest nation in all of Europe, Eastern mm -hmm. and Western. And it's like, why are you coming here? I mean, we are nothing. We are poor. Why would you want to come here? And yet, I'm looking at these people and how they are so heart-loving and giving. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. So we have this war going on in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And we've had um, probably a half a million, if, if not more, people flow into Moldova. Okay. 
And these people in Moldova, especially the people that I work with, have set up um, with the government as well, but they've done a better job than the government setting up uh, housing and clothing and food and, and help with these people than, than ever. I know there's been a lot of people that go to Poland, but mm -hmm. per capita, more people, you know, you compare it, mm -hmm. by far people have gone into Moldova and they are much poorer than the people anywhere else. Wow. And yet they're taking them in. Mm -hmm. And they're first off, they're taking them into their homes because there is no place. There is no shelter yet. That's right. Then, then two places that I know, two ministries, they open up their churches and, and their, their offices and areas. And they open up, they throw down mats for beds and they yeah. do this. Then, then the money comes in from the United States to help out. Okay. Now they're buying food and bedding and stuff like that. And they're, wow. they're doing this for thousands, tens, hundreds of thousands of these people. They're helping out with with their hearts mm -hmm. they're connecting and there was there was something that was said on uh, one of the missionaries in moldova he is with uh, athletes in action and i think he's the director i'm not sure of athletes in action in moldova he is a soccer player mm -hmm. former national soccer player you know professional soccer mm -hmm. player and um he and I have become very close. He's like my number one go-to uh, for translation. Um, I hope that somebody doesn't get offended with that <laughs> because I use a lot of translators. But he he teamed up during this this war. What happened was the people who do the row the rowing uh, team mm -hmm. they got caught in the middle of this and they had to leave the Ukraine real fast. So they rode over to Moldova. You know, the whole team came over and they took care of them. They put them up. And, um, and it was said between the coaches, uh, one of the coaches said, why is it we've never met? Why is it we've never done anything together? Wow. You know, and it was only because of this war mm -hmm. that brought them. And it was because of that that our my missionary friend was able to share Jesus. Absolutely. And then got to share it with the team, the Ukrainian team. And it's just amazing when we talk about the things that, that are hurting, the things that are changing in our world and are hard, and yet you have somebody who's a light mm -hmm. go and share it to those who are now leaving their country and look. Zero, absolutely everything. These these guys that rode over there, they didn't even bring a bag of clothes. So we had they had to bring them shoes and clothing and food yes. from, the, from everything, and it was a light, a light of Jesus, mm -hmm. which shows me when he shared it with me, I could see the joy in his heart mm -hmm. as he shared this. That's unimaginable what they have to go through and have been through. I can't even imagine. Um, but the outpouring of the love, like you said, the people of Moldo Moldova that have just brought them in, like you said, to their homes and fed them and clothed them, that, that takes a special, special people to, to do that. It does. I mean, Radu and Luda, and Radu and Luda were on my program uh -huh. when they were here. So, uh, and Radu was on a second time. And 
when I'm talking to them days after uh, February 24, when when um, they were Ukraine was bombed, I'm talking to them days after, and so he says, "Yeah, we have six people living in our home right now." I'm like six people. He says, "Yeah," wow. so they're finding places on the floor to stay and live, mm-hmm. and they'll come up. The people come up. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. And they also says, "Let me share with you." Right. And you talk about Jesus. Mm. And the door is open for these people. Right. And unless you understand that or somebody has shared with you that kind of giving and that kind of love, a person wouldn't have any understanding of that. But once you share um, all of that gospel and that love and the giving and all those those fruits like we've talked about, um, a, a person doesn't know. Now, even to, and I have to be really careful about this, but even a step further into this, um, there are people in Moldova who are helping these people from Ukraine and getting them, getting them a place to stay, giving them food, finding a place for them to go outside of Moldova. Some uh-huh. of them are going to Hungary or they're going to Romania or they're going uh-huh. to other countries. They're trying to get them there. They're okay. driving them from one end to the, of the country to the other end to get them into another country. Wow. So they're just doing this. And, and the amazing thing is that as you see all this, you realize where their heart is. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just like God is using them in such a, an amazing way. Yes. Now, these people that are have the leadership area of helping these refugees now, we know that Putin's already said, I'm going to catch you and kill you. Mm. They're going to go to jail and disappear. So we know these people in Moldova, they're still doing, they're, they're helping these people. And they know that their lives are threatened. Now, that's the ultimate. Yeah. When you know that your life could be threatened yeah. for what you do and how you give. To those in need. And, some, and these people, mm-hmm. these missionaries, these people that are helping, they're, they're my dear friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really, it's really amazing. And I wonder, would I do this mm-hmm. to that extent? You know, We all have to ask ourselves that. Oh, I know. Because we are in a pretty privileged part of the country, and we don't have those kinds of experiences that they do. But looking at this... And looking at our topic, they're living in joy. I can tell. I mean, just from what you say and knowing the people that you have known, that you said you brought over here, you must have shared many, many stories of total joy that they've experienced uh, just by giving and doing what they're doing. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Um, I'm going to read a scripture here. This is in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Okay. Verses 16 to 18, it says, Paul says this, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Mm. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. You know, and praying without ceasing, you know, some people wonder, how do I do that? And... Um, I'm going to tell you, basically, you can pray anytime and all the time. I learned how to pray, and I'm going to recommend a movie. (laughs) (laughs) 
The movie is called Fiddler on the Roof. It's not a Christian movie. It is a Jewish movie. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> and it's a movie about a group of people, Jews, who are stuck in Russia during the time that they're turning over from that 1900 period, and they're going to be kicking out the Jews out of their country pretty soon. And this guy, the family that they're that the movie's about, he's walking his horse through town, you know, he's the milk guy, and he's just kind of talking to God as he's walking along, mm -hmm. you know. And so I'm thinking, as I drive, I could I could pray, mm -hmm. you know. I don't definitely don't close my eyes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But you know, it, it's like I pray without ceasing, mm -hmm. and so you know, it, it's something that. It's part of your life. It's part of your lifestyle. It's, it's part of what you do through the day. Yeah. My wife is so funny. So we come to the dinner table, and so I'll pray. Thank you for this food. Amen. She'll say, is that all? Is well, yeah. You can pray for any more. He says, well, I've been praying about that all day long. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's right. Always on your lips. So, A prayer. So, yeah. So it's, it's really interesting, but yeah, you pray through the day. You mm -hmm. pray all day. It's mm -hmm. praying. It's, it's having that, like you said earlier, an attitude. Right. It's that attitude. So. And the more people you know, the more connections that you have, you'll find the more needs they have, mm -hmm. and the more extreme uh, prayers need to be. Yeah. Given to yeah. them. You know. Here's a thought. I'm going to ask you what you think. In Proverbs 17:22, it's. Um, Solomon says this, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Mm, absolutely. What do you think? Well, I think that if, if you've ever known anybody who uh, is the opposite of having joy in their life or not a positive person or a negative person, I think that you can easily see that um, that person really needs some joy in their life. Yeah. And they don't have a real purpose. Uh, the way I look at it, you know, it's, and I, and I wrote it down, to experience or live in joy can be healing to our inner being. Mm -hmm. Say that one more time. To experience or live in joy can be healing to our inner being. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think anyone who's gone through a traumatic experience even, um, you can still find joy in the midst of that experience. I know that I have. Um, at, the, at the death of my son when he was 26, I remember just continuing going back to church every week just in the praise and worship, I just, I, I truly felt joy, even though the worst thing had happened in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so you definitely can experience that, and it's for everyone. It's for yeah. everyone. So I think when we talk about joy, you know, especially with this scripture here, because I, I believe a lot of us, walk through pain we walk through stuff and we we don't allow the healing mm -hmm. we continue to walk the next day continue to walk and we have this thing one day at a time so one more day of suffering at a time one more day of suffering at a time and and right. 
and I think we neglect the idea that there's true healing and there's healing in joy. I think that's I think that is what he's saying. A joyful heart is good medicine. So And we keep trying to deny that sometimes, that if we would just take that next step, that next right step and and maintain our our faith uh, and our commitment to the Lord, even in bad times, um, if we would just do that, we would look back and find that that has been healing to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just having a calm spirit, moving forward, but a lot of times we want to stay back and we want to hold on to all the, the negative instead of moving forward in the light of what God promises for us. Yeah. And it's like that scripture in Nehemiah, the the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. That word strength is the same, I believe is the same word in Hebrew that is used in in, um, the Greek in Acts where it talks about the power of the Holy Spirit in Mm. 1.8. So I think there's the power of, you know. It is powerful. Yeah, it is. Powerful. I think it's a big thing. So I believe we. So when we come to round full circle here, and we're talking about maintaining fullness of joy, what is joy? Where do we find it? Where do we go? What really is it? And I think that we find strength in joy. And I think that when we read that first ver, first cha, uh, verses in John fifteen abiding in Him. Now, if you're reading this, the passages that say abide in My Word. You have to look at that word, you, word in the Greek, and understand it's abiding in Him. Mm-hmm. So, um, so strength in joy comes from abiding in Him, just like you said before, mm-hmm. abiding in Jesus, right? Living in Him, His mm-hmm. presence. Um, and even in the bad times or the worst of times, we can still be living in His presence. Mm-hmm. And it's you talked about strength. Um, the whole it, the Holy Spirit truly gives you strength. And like when we are weak, He is strong. And knowing that, no matter what you're going through, you can seek out the Lord's presence in your life and have joy. Yeah. Um, I think that's really really powerful. And, and I wonder. If, you know, there's a parable that Jesus gave about um, the seeds. You know, you have rocky soil and fertile soil and so forth. And there's one in particular that talks about the seed being thrown and you start to grow and the things of life choke you out. Mm, Yes. And I I think we live in a world today and it's... I don't know if our world today is any different than any time in history, but um, we tend to get caught up as a human type person mm-hmm. in the hustle and bustle of things around us. Yes. And we tend not to see, I don't know, with the the scope of everything. We seem to be just yes. tunnel vision. Yes. And in Very this tunnel true. vision, there, there's a lack of life. There's a lack of freedom. There's a lack of, uh, uh, well, visual what God can do and what God is in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
and I, and I really think that, um, I don't know, I, I think with this hustle and bustle, we, we tend to choke out joy. Mm-hmm. You're right. If we could step aside after the busy day or all the things going on and just look back and reflect on what God was doing that day, even though we may not see it totally, I think you can can kind of uh, see where he's trying to lead you and, and guide you. And, and he even, wants us to have joy. And even not after the day, but if you can, this may take discipline, but even through the day, mm-hmm. as you are facing situations, mm-hmm. to be able to step back a little bit and get more clarity. That's true. And I think that's because we tend to not, we tend to want to do things on our own uh, and not give it to God. But if we could just kind of lay those things down at his feet, um, I've learned that that does help and gives you power yeah. to just lay it down yeah. and be able to have joy. So one of the last things that I, I have here on my list of things to talk about, okay, um, is I think that what what helps us with joy and maintaining our joy in life is discovering the Lord's will for our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, of course, we've read the scriptures at the will of in Thessalonians that uh, to pray always, pray without ce- or rejoice, pray without ceasing, give thanks is God's will for us. And I know that we want more answers than that. Mm-hmm. You know, people want, well, what job should I take? And they get into <laughs> all these things. But I think that when we realize uh, what is God's purpose for me, well, my, his purpose actually is to honor him in all we do. Mm-hmm. So no matter what I'm doing, where I'm going, who I'm dealing with, if I'm honoring to Jesus as I'm dealing, honoring the people that I'm working with or working for or whatever it might be, that's, that's a purpose in life. Well, that is. Yeah, and I think people disregard that. Um, you know, something that Robert Emmett used to say for people going to work, he says, you know, if you really want to honor Jesus, you show up on time, you work through the entire day, you do your job you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. and you clock out on time or after. Right. You don't just slough off, play your games, talk on the phone, do your thing, and then complain that you're not making enough money. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> what people do. But but you actually, you go and you do your entire job that you're paid for, mm-hmm. and it shows that you're honoring Jesus. Well, it does. It's yeah. very honoring to him to see that. And yeah. uh, uh, just being showing your love to others and um, being able to um, just be who you are, realizing where your strength comes from. Yeah. Yeah. And... Just keep walking. Just keep finding joy wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, And I think that uh, it's another reminder that even though, and it helps me to know that even though the world is changing and everything, culture, society is changing, aren't we thankful that God never changes? Well, yeah. And his truth is truth forever, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So... And I like that scripture you brought in in Psalms 1611. I'm going to read it. Okay. 
It says, you make known to me, and you're talking to God, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are the pleasures forevermore. And I think if we can hold on to that scripture in difficult times, trying times, in good times, I mean, just to reflect on what God is doing, how he guides us, I think that it is really, really important. Amen. I agree. So. Totally. Well, that's been a nice program. Well, I'm so thank glad you, you came and joined Thank us. you for having me. It's You just are such a great host. <laughs> you really are. Thank you so much. So, well, thank you for joining us all today. Um, I'm really thankful that uh, we are able to put this program on for you for the Believer's Journey. This ministry is uh, reaching more people than I ever thought it would. And, th- and spread the news, spread this, this message today. And also, if you know of anybody who may be interested in going to this women's conference that might be living in the San Antonio area, um, spread that as well. That'd be really good. So everybody, you all have a nice day. You have a nice week and aloha. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.